there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Spencer, it's August. Hello, everybody. It's already August. I, it's I, so I fast. I just can't even, I know, I just, I just blew through my t- normal greeting and it's August. That means we should be get ready, getting ready for football. Players are expected to be back this Friday for some practice, so... What that schedule looks like. We're going to talk a little about that. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I assume we're going to get back to our 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 roots here. Most of this episode is going to be about Texas Tech football. But before we get there, we'll have some basketball, Texas Tech, and NBA baseball. Just the professional, and I guess maybe maybe a little little league, not as much as last week. Going to have to touch in on our dream, no little dreams giveaway. Still got that running for you guys. And then all football from there on out. Um, Mostly COVID news, trying to figure out what the schedule is going to look like this fall. How many people may or may not be allowed to go to the game if there is a game. And then do our favorite games from history. We're going to do one each. I've got one. Michael's got one. Um. But like I was mentioning just a second ago, we are still doing our Dream No Little Dream giveaway. If you're not familiar with that, it's a fantastic novella, small, not small, short story from our man, Travis Hale. Uh, One of the original contributors to Double T Nation, Viva the Matadors, Taking the Planes, regularly contributes during the football season and the weekly conversation with Seth. He wrote a book, short story, um... We're giving away a few copies of those. To be entered into that drawing, you simply need to tell us what one of your favorite or most memorable games from Texas Tech history are, that it's not Texas 08. Yeah, that's the that's the only rule, is we've eliminated the 08 Texas game from the favorite or most memorable game list. Could be any sport, too. It doesn't any sport? have to mm-hmm. be football. Um, the, the book that Travis wrote is based on... Mahomes' last football season. It was it was really cool the way he did it. He basically posted a chapter each week after the football game, and kind of built his story. You know, I mean, the football game is obviously going on in the background, but it's it's uh, you know it's part of the story, and it's about a uh, an older farmer here in I think he is based out of Idaho. Honestly, I can't remember because I read it as they came out, but it's up it's, near it's an story. Yeah. Um, I, it is 12 chapters. I am, I think I'm in chapter six. I reread here thoroughly enjoying it. 
Goes by pretty twelve chapters. Goes by pretty quick. The chapters are three, four, five pages each. Um, so it's a quick read for those interested with a little Texas Tech football intermingled into a fascinating short story based and placed here on the South Plains. Anyways, to be entered, send us your favorite or most memorable game from Texas Tech history, and you must be following us on social. You can do that by following us on Twitter at 23Personnel. You can also follow myself or Michael on Twitter. Uh, for me, Spencer, it's at suck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Follow us on Instagram at 23Personnel Podcast. Then for those looking for some Texas Tech-related merchandise, 23Personnel merchandise, we have a Teespring storefront teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast pick up all kinds of shirts combinations of our 23 personnel logo on different colored shirts they're fantastic i enjoy enjoy mine i I wear it at least once a week and on days that i know i'm going out and into the community we we had just enough cooler weather this week and it's insane to say this because it's August, but it was just enough that I am uh, I'm, I'm about ready to get a hoodie. It's coming up, man. Was, hoodie it, season's coming it back. It felt sort of like fall a few days ago, and it, it was uh, it was really nice, especially in the mornings. Yep. Um, before we jump into the rest of the show, basketball, baseball, football, um, you know, as sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon, excuse me, Major League Baseball is in full swing. Reading is hard, folks. Major League (laughs) Baseball is in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expensive jewelry collection. The content I need. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up to date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Plenty on there to check out. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, you ready to jump into some basketball? Let's roll. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. With a three, good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards! Ready, double into Tariq Owens, who puts it down! Already, Odiasi crowbars it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen, here's a three, good! Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time! Tie it at the line. That's 
All right, man. So both are sort of NBA related. I say both. I, I have two points here. One specifically for Dex Tech, the deadline for players that had intended to enter the NBA draft, that deadline came and passed. One, Jemias Ramsey did not withdraw from the draft. He is still going ahead with that plan. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Draft is in October on the 16th. So Yeah, I don't think this surprises anyone, but it's just worth mentioning because... It, it it's just a there was there was probably a small very small chance that he could possibly come back but it, it just isn't didn't surprise me at all I, I doubt it surprised anyone listening so I mean still as always best of luck to Ramsey mm-hmm. and we'll be watching October sixteenth to see if he, if he gets picked in that first round I've seen his draft position all over the place since. Uh, the NBA's kind of started back up and just over this last month it's been everywhere. He's been first round, he's been second round lately, which is kind of new. So we'll we'll see where he lands. Yeah, I think the latest I've seen it was twenty ninth, which is second to last, I believe, in the first round. I don't remember the number of NBA teams I don't follow. I, I'm fairly <laughs> certain there's 28 teams, but there could be more than 28 picks because I don't know how the lottery picks work and stuff. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wealth of NBA draft information here. Yeah, that's that's not my uh, that's not my my wheelhouse. Um, so yeah, the the news that Ramsey did not withdraw is still news because there were a, a flurry of names that decided to withdraw and go back to school this upcoming year. Um, just Ramsey was not one of them, and um, yeah, so. Speaking of the NBA, though, since our last recording, the NBA has restarted. Michael is ecstatic. Dude, it has been fantastic. Have you watched any? Have you watched any games? I've watched a few minutes of a couple of games. I have absolutely loved it. We'll we'll talk more about baseball later because since our last since our last podcast, both of these leagues have started back. Uh, mm-hmm. We recorded right at two weeks ago, so baseballs, you know, was a day or two away last time we recorded, and then of course basketball kicked off last week. It's been great. I've loved it. Uh, this, speaking of Travis, Travis Hale, who wrote the book that we're giving away, he had a tweet 
that kind of summed it up in the same way I did. He he said it felt kind of like uh, kind of gives it an AAU feel mm-hmm. when when you're watching. And I had recently, I think I threw it in the Slack chat. I can't remember who I told it to, but it it felt like going back and forth between really serious basketball and then a bunch of professionals playing a, a great pickup game. That was just, I mean, I, and I don't mean that as a knock. I, I can't describe it. They've built a, a great atmosphere there for fans. I hope, and it seems like they're doing well for the players. It seems like the players are staying healthy and um, mentally healthy too, because it's kind of weird to be <laughs> locked away like that for that mm-hmm. long. But uh, it's it's been a, a joy to watch. I've absolutely loved it. Have have you been watching your your Mavs a little bit? I've, I've watched I've watched a few Mavs games. I've I've uh, semi adopted the Mavs, even though I am a Spurs fan. But I couldn't help it. You know, Luca drew me in, and so did Boban. I've, Boban, dude, I've got to have my Boban. Um, I, I I've watched a few, like I said, a few minutes of, of maybe a couple of games. Um, the the thing that that's getting me right now, or it's I guess surprising, is um, I haven't been paying too close attention to the schedule. And I saw that the Mavericks were playing today, Tuesday. Yeah, but they played, played this morning. The, like one thirty. Yeah, it was like oh, yeah, it was right after lunch. It was like it's like a afternoon baseball game. Yeah. Um, but they defeated the the Kings in overtime. So go Mavs! I did see that they had. Um, they locked up their their playoff position for this this season. So go Mavs. That's Let's right. go Mavs. They've clinched. I mean, as far clinched, as the yes, West goes, the the top seven have clinched, and so it's down to the eighth, eighth team. So there's, there's still a, a lot of there's a lot know, of teams fighting for that eighth spot. Yeah. So I mean, that's the only spot that's left now that the Mavs have clinched. So. The, the you know the Grizzlies are still in it. They're number eight right now. The Trailblazers are nine. My Spurs are ten. Spurs went two and one so far in the bubble. Um, I can't honestly can't remember who they played the first night because I I was unable to watch it on TV. I think it was the Kings. Their second game, they beat Grayson Allen, which Boo. is always good. They beat the Grizzlies. And then last night, my gosh, they came into the fourth quarter down 12, somehow scored over 40 points in the fourth Mm. quarter, and then lost to a last second three to the Sixers. And so, I mean, it just, it was such a great game. Even though they lost, it was one of those games I was just really glad I I watched the majority of it. you know, DeRozan played well. White played well. Uh, DeJounte Murray. Am I getting that right? Nope. I, don't, I think I'm getting his name wrong. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I'm just I'm just getting used to these guys again. So it's it's been a lot of fun getting to watch basketball. All the games have been exciting. I like what they've done with the with the fans. Have you noticed that Spencer in the background on these giant screens above the team? Uh, see, have, I'm I'm not. If you a, haven't watched any. I'm I'm not as big of a fan of what they're doing with the basketball fans as some other people are. Where they Man, bring people I, in on like I'm the really enjoying it. The video. I don't know. It's, 
it's basically all these all these shots of people on a Skype call, on an individual <laughs> Skype call, which they which they're fans. they're doing with the MLS too. I don't know if you've watched any, any MLS matches, the MLS back tournament, but they they have big video boards um, behind the goals, and they'll have just like a rotating collage of people that are live streaming themselves watching the game on those boards. It's interesting for like a half a second, but then it was like, I'm, I'm not there to see like a 60 foot face of somebody watching the game. I don't know. It's really strange. Yeah. I, I didn't have, um, I mean, I, I, I thought that was a really neat aspect of doing it. And somehow whoever's running the sound, cause obviously someone is kind of running some crowd sound. Uh, they're doing a pretty good, pretty good job. They're, they're matching it up pretty well, but man, I, I've just enjoyed it. Uh, the, the Spurs have got their work cut out for them to keep the streak alive. I well, they're how only many years it's been now that they've made it to the playoffs consecutively. It's they're only two games out of something. I think. Yeah, they're only two games out of eighth place. Right, and I think Portland's playing tonight. Um, Who they're tied with? For, yes. So now, actually they may be one game back from Portland. Portland's 30 and 20, 38 and San Antonio's only won 29 games. Well, so the, the standings I'm looking at has the Spurs at 29 and 37 at 22 games back from first place. Trailblazers mm-hmm. at 30 and 38. So the Trailblazers have played two more games. They've won more, one more and lost one more game than the Spurs have. They're both yeah, listed right. as 22 games back. The Grizzlies are 20 games back, so like I said, they're two, two games out of eighth place, which is all, all they have to get to. But then you've got the Pelicans at 22 and a half games back, the Suns at 23, the Kings at 23 and a half. That's, you know, you have a five, well, right? Six-team race for that last spot in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's it's going to come right down to it, I think. Everyone is just right there. And, um, you know, the Spurs have a shot. As, as exciting as they've been to watch during these bubble games, they, they're kind of playing small ball, really, and it's very effective. They've always been able to move the ball around and find an open shooter, and these guys are knocking down their shots. And DeMar DeRozan had 30-something last night, and he was just – he was insane. He he couldn't miss. He was pulling up little floaters in the lane. He was driving past people, contested layups and ones, threes. I mean, he doesn't really shoot threes very often, but he was making those too. So got a little got a little pep in my step. Go Spurs, go. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's so strange to look at the standings here in terms of games back. See, the Lakers are way out in front of the Clippers. The Clippers are in second place, the second place, and they're six and a half games back from the Lakers. And then teams two through seven are within five games of each other. So the Clippers are six and a half games back. The Mavericks are in seventh seed are 12 games back. So they're, they're all pretty close together there. And then there's another big gap between seventh and eighth. There's a huge gap, really. There's eight games between the Mavericks in seven and the Grizzlies in eighth or 20 games back. But then, like I said, you've got teams eight through 13 
that are within three games of each other. So yes, lots of movement. And then each of those teams has five or six games left to play. Yep. It's, it's just going to be constantly shifting. Yeah. So fan of the NBA, you've got a really entertaining, exciting next couple of weeks on deck, but I'm more of a baseball man myself. You ready to talk about some baseball? The hardball? I am. Let's do it. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run. And he's got it into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven. Hangs deep to right. Cursed down to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Trevor Bull. All right, so the MLB season restarted just a couple of days after our last recording. My Rangers, man, they are three and five in the 2020 restart. Um, but I guess I could say they're faring better than than others because they haven't been they haven't lost a game to COVID. They haven't lost a schedule, at least. If that's the way I'm saying that makes sense, they haven't had to cancel or postpone a game yet. Unlike the Marlins and the Phillies and all of the stuff on the East Coast that kind of blew up there last week. Um, you touched on the fans of the NBA. You were saying you're a fan of how they're doing that. Not that Big I'm time, a, yeah. not that I'm a fan of the cardboard cutouts at the at the Major League Baseball games, but it gives us an opportunity to get ourselves on camera without being in the game. So Michael, I need to ask you, what are your thoughts on buying a cardboard cutout doppel ranger fan? Cause that's what the Rangers are calling doppel rangers <laughs> fan of yourself wearing a 23 personnel podcast, a t-shirt to have yourself in the new globe life field. Do you, do you have to, you have to know how much that is? I, last I think I for saw, the Rangers, it's 50. It was 50 bucks and that's for the whole season, right? It's for the rest of the season. Now I, I think some other teams are a little bit less expensive. I think I've seen one team at 40. Now we don't have like an endless supply of podcast money from our, our, our generous sponsors, but I had this I mean, it's idea close to endless. If we start buying up spots with ourselves and 23 personal podcasts, we can take on that role that the Washington state flag does on game day. We can play Where's Waldo of Spencer and Michael and their 23 personnel gear at these games. Yeah? You want to do it? Okay. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm totally in. I, I really do. Um, the, the only thing I haven't liked about how the NBA and the 
major league uh, or MLB have done for the fans is the computer generated fans. Yeah. Is that's it, just, that just doesn't work for me. I think it's, that's on, um, that's on Fox broadcast, correct? Yes. And it's not every shot. And then it's not every camera angle because there's, there, there was, um, uh, I was watching my brewers play brewers, my <laughs> brewers, uh, my, my cold brewers were playing, uh, the Cubs. And so of course that was a big Fox game. And it was just strange because they would have a view of the outfield from one camera way up high above the press box. And then they switch cameras to behind home plate or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's that same outfield that you could see no longer had fans in it. And then they'd switch again and there'd be some, fan, you know, sometimes there's fan behind the home plate. Sometimes there's not. And, and they were just, they were distracting in not a good way. I think the cardboard is the way to go one. Cause it gets, real fans involved Mm -hmm. that's what i like about the video thing is you're getting actual fans that are watching the game and and they're excited and they've got their jerseys on and they're cheering and everything and so with baseball you you can't quite do that as easily obviously but you can have the cardboard thing and i just think it's such a simple easy idea it's great and yeah let's try to get one Let's try to get at least one or two somewhere floating around. Okay, so I'm on the Rangers website. Here's where I think that <laughs> okay. they may get us, though. Step one says deck out in your best Rangers gear. Yeah, he's safe. Sorry, I'm watching the Rangers game. There's no way he was out. Step two, recruit someone to take your photo. Step three, find a well-lit place. Step four, aim from the waist up. Keep your arms down and smile big. Submit your photo. But fine print here. Rangers have the right to refuse any image that includes profanity, political messages, other sports, or other teams. If we're not wearing Mm -hmm. Rangers gear, the image must be of you. And unless you are Matthew McConaughey, please upload an image of a celebrity. So they don't want celebrities except for Matthew McConaughey. All fans will be made. Although they were going to say, um, unless you're Matthew McConaughey, be sure you're wearing a shirt. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All fans will be made the same size, and seating locations will be chosen at random. But there's not like a there's not a there's not a shortage of open seats for the Rangers just yet. Um, The cool thing about this, at least for the Rangers, is the donations, the proceeds benefit the Texas Rangers Baseball Foundation and support their efforts in helping our community. So you're not just paying for the printing costs of your picture, the stadium, you're actually supporting the Rangers Foundation. And I'm sure that's similar across the league, but just know, for you Rangers fans, you can get your cutout in Globe Life Field and support their foundation. So Michael mentioned his Brewers. Last time we, we, we discussed, we were talking about picking up National League teams. He, he chose the Brewers. I couldn't, de- I couldn't decide between the Braves and the Dodgers, so I picked both of them. Um, Dodgers have been, in- it's not Dodgers, the Braves have been interesting because of just their, their youth, uh, relatively unknown to me. Um, whereas the Dodgers, you know, the big name team with big market guys like, uh, Kershaw and Mookie and Jock Peterson, Max Muncie, all, all those, those, those names that if you're familiar with baseball, they, they're on the team. Um, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun to follow these teams, um, 
to, to pick up extra extra teams to follow in this shortened season because just not as many games to go around. Yeah, and and I've I've, I've enjoyed my Brewers fandom, <laughs> uh, part of the Brew Crew here, and of course I've picked a team's word that I can't say. So fitting like, though. Rural. I can't say that that either. So at least it's not like the rural brewers of Milwaukee or something kind of like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Milwaukee's had a they had a decent start. I mean, they, they lost their first series to the Cubs 2-1. They, I mean, they they couldn't hit a thing game one and then they, they couldn't keep from hitting in game two uh, and of course game two was the one they the next series against the pirates they won the series 2-1 and uh, had, had one of the ugliest innings i've ever seen in baseball and the announcers felt the same way the seventh inning i think of the second game against the pirates was just there were overthrown overthrown balls to the second baseman i mean people were taking bases because they it, it looked like some little league stuff going on and what was crazy was it was all in Milwaukee's favor in the top half of the inning. And then they started doing the same type of thing. They were walking people like crazy. You know, the pirates had walked a lot of people. And um, I think Milwaukee ended up losing that game. And it was, anyway, it was just really ugly. But then the next series, they weren't able to play because the Cardinals have had the COVID. So they were supposed to play the Cardinals this, this last uh, weekend. And all three of those games got postponed or canceled. And um, right now they're in their second game against the White Sox. And last I checked, they were tied. Yeah, it's 2-2 in the seventh. Yeah, they lost last night, and it went, you know, it was down to the last couple innings to decide it. Um, But it's it's been fun. I don't pretend to know hardly anybody but Yelich, and that's only because Mm -hmm. Labar told me that's who I should pay attention to. Did did, did he tell you why, or did he tell you to go look up his uh, ESPN body? Whatever well, that thing no, is called. He just, that, he, just that, said that he was like, that's Milwaukee's best player. And I thought, okay. And so I'll pay attention to him. And yeah, he's won the MVP, or at least the league MVP uh, recently. So it's just been, it's like, you know, like you said, it's, I'm not a huge baseball guy. I'm not that invested into the Rangers. So I've, I've enjoyed going for this team. And uh, I like the colors, man. I like the logos. I've been Solid. on the 47, the 47 brand website, you know, filling up my cart with like $100 worth of stuff. And then I empty it like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? But eventually I will get something. I will have to get some some brewer's gear to uh, to complete my ensemble, my fandom. I need a new Rangers hat, but I haven't, haven't committed to myself to buy anything else baseball related because I'm, I'm, I always pick up a new hat for the, the little league season that we're doing. So I've done Cubs and now the Tigers. Um, my Rangers hat though, it's like, it's all black with the white logo, which is nice. I like it. Big fan. But sometimes I wish I had like the, you know, like the all blue, blue. cap or red, but probably the blue. Um, yeah. Speaking of little league, let's give that a quick update. I will be done in two minutes. With Little okay. League. Here we <laughs> Starting go. Starting now. We had our last game this past Saturday. We finished the season four, seven, and one. We did not get invited to the city 
tournament. My heart is broken. That's a shame. No, I'm just kidding. They, they invite the top two teams. Well, really, they invite the top two teams and then open it up and say, anybody else that wants to buy into the tournament can. But when you're four, seven, and one, buying into this tournament to play the top teams from around the city seems like a waste of money. So we decided to stay home. Call it a season. Um, moments after the game was over, I had a parent text me. He's like, hey, are we going to get a medal or a trophy? It's like, not from the league. <laughs> yeah. Not for uh, ninth place. But then I was like, hey, as, as the coach, I should probably coordinate that. So I, I'll, I'll get with the other guys. I'm like, hey, you guys want to split trophies for six players? They're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and so I, I got to find some trophies to do. I'll probably, well, I'm trying to figure out if I want to stay local and like do it from like Cardinals or something or order online. I don't know. I've never ordered trophies before. For Especially for ninth place. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to put the, our, our place on there. But just 2020 COVID, COVID champs. Hey, we, uh, we only lost eight players to COVID. And not that they all got sick because we actually didn't have any players oh, yeah. get sick. <laughs> yeah, clarify that. <laughs> but like you had eight players the, get COVID. Our team from draft day until final day, we lost eight players that decided not to participate. That's a, that's a lot for a team for that, that needs at least nine to play. Yep. So that's the last you'll hear about our little league adventures in 2020. Get ready for coach pitch next spring. Oh man. It's coach coming pitch. at you. Okay. Quickly. I know that you were, you, you did do the two minutes. I think it was exactly so two minutes. Go, <laughs> it was exactly two. If we go over, it's my fault. Uh, I wanted you to uh, say what your record was last year. Oh, our record was 0 and 14. So you won four games this season. Yes. And had a tie. We had it. Yes. So we were fourth team from last. However many teams are in division. I don't know if we had how many teams, whatever. Yankees, Rangers, and Cardinals all finished behind us. Cardinals were the closest team to us. We tied them. And we beat the two teams underneath us. And then inexplicably, we beat like the third place team. <laughs> okay. So with like five kids that day too, let me just you're, point you're that out. You're building a dynasty is what I'm getting at. I mean, coach pitch, look out. This, this may be the yeah. first year that you cracked that 500. <laughs> we, we probably could have, if we didn't lose so many players, like I said, I, I, I think when players started dropping off the roster, they legit started right near the top in terms of our talent pool. Like the top two guys were the first ones to say, we're not coming back. I was like, uh, that sucks. Well, you know, I mean, this would, this would be an interesting thing to bet on, you know, to see how many wins you get next year. We may have to set a, we set a line or something and maybe talk with our friends at betonline.ag. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, as sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Maybe we could talk them into throwing in some uh, some little league odds. That's probably illegal to bet on children's sports. Anyway, Major League Baseball will soon be in even more full swing than they are right now because I did the same thing you did. And there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all of the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. Bet on. Wow. Also, 
tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. This sounds awesome. Is it just, is he just showing off some stuff and then he says, okay, guys, what do you think this costs? And then he comes back another day later and says, no, y'all are all way wrong. That was $98,000 watch. I, I, I hope it's like Price is Right style. The closest person without going over wins. Oh, well, duh. It's called the Ice is Right. That's got to be what it is. Oh, okay. We're, we're so well, smart. If, we, if you want to check that out, visit betonline.ag today. You can you can check out all the odds, up to date sports news, and don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all of the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So, guys, twenty twenty has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do. Just that. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is a perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. This nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Guys, that's what we need. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver. If you haven't picked up yet, they've got a full suite of products available. Crop Reviver, testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for the balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Goodness, I don't think I would. I don't think I would do that. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns <laughs> by shaving that front trunk. <laughs> All right, Michael, you ready to talk about some football? Sure, you bet. Freshman screen. Underneath Derek Moore breaks the tackle, still running up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown! 
So Harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he breaks. Oh, oh he's the worst. Red Raider. Unbelievable. All right, so first up, Michael, terrible news, and Norman. Oh, no. Oh, no, what's going on? Lincoln Riley contract extended six years. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. He, he's going to he, be up there, at least getting paid from Oklahoma through the 2025 season. I know, and I haven't seen any numbers come out of you know of exactly what the details of this contract are i mean currently he, he was yeah he was already ninth in the country in salary at over six million dollars <laughs> yeah a little over six million dollars so i would assume it's more than that but uh, you know s- something else that, that makes this such bad news is do you know what his record is as head coach of OU? I just read it, and it's really it's just it's disgusting. All right, I'm going to say it. Everyone, everyone, hold your breath. Thirty-six and six. He has lost six games in three seasons. We've lost six games in six weeks. <laughs> and let's remind everybody: yes, this is the Sooners, but this is also his first head coaching gig. Andy's thirty-six. And my buddy Adam went to high uh, school with him for a little bit. They lived in uh, Muleshoe, right? Is that where he's from? Oh, uh, you know what? Was it Seagraves? I know that Muleshoe. He he is. I think that's. I know that's where he went to high school. But I think my buddy Adam. I don't remember him. He made. They may have been at Seagraves at the same time. Anyway, I'm probably getting that off, but. I know they went to school together one year in like elementary school. And I keep asking Adam, like, hey, tell me a story about your friend Lincoln Riley. And he just says stuff like, yeah, he was he was nice, I think. I don't know. We were in fourth grade. <laughs> so he ran track at Mule Shoe High so, School. So, yeah, it's awful news. Yeah. What, what? His football career started at defensive end, made the move to quarterback for his junior and senior seasons. And then, of course, he came to Texas Tech, transitioned to like a student manager, student coach, was offensive coordinator for Texas Tech for all of one game, then followed Ruffin McNeil out to North Carolina. Yeah, he was 1-0. Dude, I, I, I can't help but look back and be like, had we held on to those two men, where would Texas Tech be? But... We can't keep bringing that up every time we talk about Lincoln Riley or Ruffin McNeil. It's tired. <laughs> it is. It's it's tired. So we, we've got to move on to the the news of the day. News of the day. Big 12 came out with their schedule plans for 2020. They were the last holdouts, I believe, of the Power Five to announce any kind of adjustments to the schedule. We kept hearing from President Skuvenek and... Athletic Director Kirby Hocutt, Texas Tech was planning on and making preparations to host seven home games, play a full 12-game schedule this year. 
that will not be so. Big 12 came out today, announces a nine plus one schedule format. They will play their nine conference games plus one non-conference game as a home game. That likely means Texas Tech is going to lose the only opponent preview that we've done, UTEP. My boy Gavin Hardison (laughs) will not be facing the Red Raiders. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's foregone. I, I think that's for sure not going to happen now, and it's just a matter of who they're going to try to pick up for that plus one. A uh, friend of the show, Rob Bro, made a bold prediction saying that he thinks it's going to be the UTSA Roadrunners. Let's go. And I could see that making sense. Roadrunner up, um, you know, or whatever they say down there in San Antonio. Yep. Come on, come on up to Lubbock. I don't know. That kind of sounds right. Roadrunner up. Runner up. It's not. It's not beep beep. Is it? It's not. <laughs> Maybe Roadrunner up sounds pretty good. So we'll see if that's who who that. I I would imagine that that's going to. Um, I would imagine that that's going to happen pretty soon. It would have to if school. It, need to, it would need to. Yeah, I mean school so starts that people here. People can kind of move on and get their schedule. Yeah, school starts here within the month. I mean, at least elementary schools here in town are going back to school in two weeks. Gosh, that's crazy to think about. I didn't realize how close we were getting. Um, College starts just about the same time, maybe a week later. Um, Football typically is in that last weekend of August, first week of September. Now, I know a lot of other... Um, conferences have announced their scheduling plans and a start date that have been pushed back. Um, Michael, did we hear if the Big 12 was going to be pushing their start back or no, not yet? Michael may be gone. So the other conferences that have come out and announced so far... Uh, The Big Ten and the Pac-12 were the first to come out and say they were going to play conference-only games. ACC followed after that, uh, and they announced a strange 11-game schedule where they would do a 10-plus-1 format. Uh, They did announce that they were going to start a little bit later, start the middle of September. The ACC also announced a one-year partnership with Notre Dame, so they're going to play 10 conference games and then one non, non-conference game of the school's choice. They're going to disregard their divisions for this year only. Again, with Notre Dame, they're going to not going to play with divisions. And then all TV revenue will be shared equally, even including Notre Dame's broadcast revenue from NBC, between the 15 league members. Following that, the SEC came out and announced a 10-game schedule conference only beginning September 26th. They, The SEC will retain their divisions and then look to add those additional conference games from their cross-division rivalries or from strength of schedule rankings. Haven't quite heard how that might work out. The big thing, big news of that is it, gets rid of all those scheduled ACC-SEC scheduled games. 
Uh, yeah. And sorry, I don't know if you've touched on some of this. I've, our connection's not so great right now, but the, the interesting part of this and the guys at solid verbal pointed this out too, is there's not going to be any great way to compare teams outside of their conferences. Cause used to, at least there would be a couple of teams that have, you know, played a couple of teams that have played Alabama and they, and how did they do, or how did, you know, how did this team fare against Texas tech? And then they play, you know, they're, they're scheduled to play Ole Miss next week, something like that. There's not going to be any of that going on this, this year is, or it's going to be really hard to find it. And I, I mean, I, it's going to make it more interesting. If this was the point that they said is it's going to make it more interesting because it'll just be, be a lot more uh, arguing as to who's the better team since they're just all basically playing each other. Uh, one thing I really like about the SEC schedule is these guys are finally going to to play more than eight conference games and mm-hmm. they will actually play 10. They will play 10 um, power of five games, which a lot of them don't do. So good luck SEC. Uh, you know, all these other conferences, ours included, the 12 obviously plays nine on, off the bat. And then most everybody's scheduling some sort of power five opponent on top of that. So even to our detriment, um, but the SEC is going to have to play 10 games against power five SEC opponents this, this year, if it all goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. Good, good luck. Good luck, guys. Not having to, not having, um, you know, Wofford or whoever Alabama plays in a random November matchup that no one watches. The Citadel. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. Liberty or whoever. I don't know. Lehigh. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> to, yeah, to your point, I guess going back to the Ty and Dan's point from the solid verbal, like there just won't be a, great way to look across the landscape of college football this year and say or make equal comparisons so you're looking at how how are bowl games going to be determined if they're going to play bowls like if they're not if they're not allowing teams to schedule outside their conference are they going to even have bowl games at the end of the season and if so what's that going to look like when you've got some teams playing maybe 10 games uh or nine conference games and a non-conference game some conferences will be playing uh, just nine. Some may be playing 11, like ACC, if, if they can get all their games in. With 10 conference games and a non-conference, SEC only playing conference games. Um, the other thing that everybody is is still trying to figure out what this is going to look like is with so many teams not playing non-conference games, what happens to some of the athletic budgets that are supported by playing power five games? You know, you talk about the, the Wofford's or, um, Citadel that will basically, or UTEP. Yeah. UTEP or SFA, Sam Houston, they float their athletic budget by playing one game versus a power five school. That's likely out of the question this year because well and that's I mean, that's a big problem they're going to have because then they also have to deal with uh, 
I wonder if they were going to get some sort of revenue for that game being on TV as well on top of did they have the exact same problems as everyone else? Not exact same because they don't have the same kind of money coming in, but they're not going to be able to have a full stadium. Uh, you know, the miners won't have a full stadium this year. No one will be able to, and that's going to cut into money, but really TV is where you make the big money. And it's, yeah, the, the group of fives and the, FCS schools, maybe not as much the FCS, but the group of fives big time are going to be hurting after yeah. after all this. Everyone's hurting in some way, but yeah, they're they are uh, definitely getting the shortest end of the stick, I think. So you you touched on capacity. Let's let's go there next. Um, Texas Tech came out today. There was a story from an interview with President Skuvenek that said they're looking at the. At what they would do if they were limited to 25% capacity. The problem with 25% at Jones AT&T Stadium is 25% is 15,000 roughly. And you sell 25,000 yeah. season tickets. So you're already going to be missing. Yep, already a problem there. Yeah, you're already, already, you know, out people that have already paid to get in. Um... This is with without, you know, without going to the students, without limiting them. All students at Texas Tech uh, pay a athletic fee of just over $61 per semester, which, okay, for a second, let's talk about that. That's a steal. If, you were, if you're going to get into six home football games um, and however many basketball games they, they host, in the fall alone, you get that, you get in for $61 for football. That's $10 a ticket. Whereas, you know, if you're going to go buy a ticket, you're spending two, three, four times that for one game. Um, anyways, the revenue from the students alone is going to be pushing two and a half million dollars. I don't think you can require the students to pay that if they don't even have the opportunity to attend a game. Right, but I think where you would get into the weeds a bit is that sixty-one dollars covers everything, doesn't it? Yeah, no, like that 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 yeah, allows that entrance to all sports, baseball games, basketball, volleyball, everything. Yeah, and and so that, that's right. sixty-one dollars so is how per do you term. Determine what you would. Yeah, I mean, you could even just okay, flip ten dollars of that. Or, which it wouldn't be true. It's probably like fifty-seven dollars of that. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's uh, you kind of get into the weeds on what we get down to. That John Williams had that good ride up that you mentioned earlier on the AJ, and he said that the the student seats would be limited to about three thousand in this scenario. And, um, you know, that's down a little bit from 13,400 last year. And then he asked, uh, it was Giovanetti who he was talking with. And, and Gio said that they haven't finalized to use a format that goes by the Red Raider Club priority points. So all of you new season ticket holders, you're SOL. If yeah. you've been buying into it for a long time and you have a lot of points, 
going to build up and they're going to take care of them first. Yeah. So what Michael said, if you're able to get that with our our connection right now, um, they're looking at giving priority to those that have been contributing to the Red Raider Club for longer than new season ticket holders um, because they they base that on points so you can upgrade and move your seats. Um, Those with more points, it sounds like they're going to, if they're going to stick with 25%, which will limit how many season ticket holders can come in, they would look at starting um, with priority there. The other thing to consider with that, a lot of those priority season ticket holders probably have good seats, uh, you know, close to the field, close to the middle of the stadium. But if they're limiting capacity and the, the people that are selected to have tickets are all grouped up together, they're going to need to be spread apart. And I, I know I've, I've heard from a season ticket holder that has tickets. She said she was pretty close to midfield. She's like, if they're going to move me, like even a few yards away from where I'm at, like further away from the middle, then she's not interested. Um, and I, I don't think that's, that would be an uncommon opinion uh, among season ticket holders that, um, you know, if they're not going to be able to have their same seats, they don't really want to be paying their season tickets and be up in the nosebleeds. So Texas tech is not the only yeah, that, one. I was going to say, they're not the only one considering a reduced capacity down to 25%. Uh, Texas is looking that way. Um, I know that Iowa state came out real early uh, in all this and said, they're going to limit how many season tickets they're going to sell to avoid some of this. Uh, Texas Tech tried to get in front of that and not sell sing- single game tickets. But if they're really getting down to, down to 25%, they're going to be looking at turning people away that have already paid for tickets. Yeah, there's there's no way around that. That's, that's what they're going to have to do. And you would assume that they would get some sort of refund um, and that you would be able to. That's no questions, but I'm not sure how they'll they'll manage it all. I mean, it at the same point it makes sense to take care of your Red Raider points people, your big donors, your big money people, but because they're the ones that will stop giving money to the school because they have extra money to give or something. But it still doesn't sit well with me just knowing that the people that paid the most money and gave the most money still get to go, even though there's rabid fans that have may have only had season tickets a couple years or maybe they just did or, or something and they're going to get left short while um, someone else goes and just drinks booze in the suite and leaves at halftime. Yeah, I was going to say, but when we talk about those fans that may be getting priority, they're going to be maybe some of your quieter fans. You know, they're not going to be the ones that are typically considered to, that actually bring the atmosphere to the stadium on, on game day. Well, is, even if they are, they're not going to be sitting where you can hear them. No, they're going to be spread be out. So that's, yeah, that's another thing to consider that. Well, even, you know, when you think about 15,000 people in a 60,000 seat stadium, it's going to feel empty. 
even if all 15,000 are there. Yeah, it's going to be really weird. Because, okay, um, imagine, okay, you have a full student section, and that was just, a, it was just over 13,000. So take those students and spread them out all over the stadium. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be like maybe, a, like this is going to be a re- really well-attended spring game. A well-attended yet somehow oddly sparse spring game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is everyone sitting? <laughs> why is everyone sitting so far apart? Yeah, it's it's. And the whole other thing, you know, food. How do they serve food? How what food will they serve? Uh, what will what will be offered at all as far as concessions go? I mean it. Are you going to go and then the only thing that you're offered is a pre-made hot dog from two days ago and and a bottle of water? That's that's all they can safely give you. I'm not making fun of that because or the pickles that are prepackaged. Yeah, the prepackaged pickles. I mean, that's the precautions need to be made. But at what point, even if you're one of the select twelve thousand or so. Uh, season ticket holders who are allowed to go at what point does it even make sense to go well and then it just seems like it would be a weird a weird vibe the other question is that like like are, are, are we looking at the capacity too close because we look at professional sports with no fans in the stands so we just be expecting that like if we're going to have a football season is the stadium going to be empty it's going to be a lot like the the baseball and MLB is right now. Or sorry, the NBA. They have no fans. They they may have some artificial no, noise piped in, or they they may have the band recordings of the band playing. Yeah, or or there's a. It goes even further. Tailgating, tailgating could theoretically still take place, but will they allow it? <laughs> I could see them almost just completely shutting it down because. And and Texas Tech is the only place that would have this problem. That's just, if you're worried about spreading disease, you don't allow tailgates. (laughs) That's that's just kind of how that would work. So I I would be surprised if they allow it at all. I bet they close off parking lots and it's parking only. And, you know, people who that they may, that stuff is is either going to have to be monitored or it's just going to be the wild west. It's, so I think that may be what they choose to do is is they may just eliminate tailgating altogether. It's feral, pure speculation on my end, but I don't know how you have it if you're concerned with trying to keep the spread of the virus down. It's it seems like a great way to spread the virus. It really does. Honestly. <laughs> and so maybe it seems like ideal. <laughs> yeah, m- maybe discussing capacity is, is is kind of futile. Like we're just we should just worry about having a game rather than who can attend the game. Sure, that's right. Um, speaking about attending games, Michael, let's talk about our favorite games. I I would love to do this. Okay, this so is, this is this is I've been looking forward to this. I'm gonna go first, and this is okay. this is a game. My favorite game from my first season as a Texas Tech fan it was the last home game in 2007, where Texas Tech hosted the Oklahoma Sooners. Tech was seven and four, hosting the nine and one number three ranked Sooners. Um, 
Other thing to note across the league, Kansas was ranked number four this week. Oh, I love I love going back and looking at that stuff. Missouri was ranked number six. Oklahoma was third. So we had three teams in the top six. Uh, two of them were Big 12 North schools, <laughs> which is kind of strange to say because that's not historically how they, at least following 2007. 2007 was also the year of all the number one ranked teams losing. I think they had five or six teams do it. They'd make it up to the number one spot and they lose. Then another team would come up, they'd lose. Oklahoma was coming in uh, because of the uncertainty, uh, you know, at the top of the rankings. I, I think even that day, the number one team had lost. And as a number three team, they're looking at a shot to, to sneak into a national title appearance. Um, it doesn't start well for Texas Tech. Let me tell you that. A minute and a half in, Lindy Holmes, 63-yard pick six off Graham Harrell. <sighs> Hurts. The, ne- the next time Oklahoma would score is with 20 seconds left in the half. They went almost a full 30 minutes without scoring. That's that defense for you, man. 2007, let's let's talk about that defense. Um, Texas Tech started off with a couple of field goals. Alex Trelika hit his first field goal 51 yards. Ah, the dude was money. He was. Then he came out 38-yard field goal. A minute and a half later, Graham Harrell scores on a a one-yard rush. How many how many uh how many touchdowns is Graham Harrell running in? One. Sneaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. Like, it's gotta be that kind of one yard rush. Um but dude, like so if you go back and, and look at like who participated, who played in this game, who who, you know gained stats, you know, meaningful participation in this game, you're just like, man, there's a lot of people. The other thing of note, really early on, um, Sam Bradford is knocked out of the game with a concussion. So that goes on to help Texas Tech to win this game. Um, because Joey Halsley comes in as, as his replacement. Bradford had only attempted three passes when he, he left. Halsley came in and attempted 41. Ooh. But get yeah. this, Graham Harrell attempted a career-high 72 passes that night. Dude, he was nuts. Um, he was 47 of 72, so 65% completion rate, pretty good. 420 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, we had, we, Texas Tech, had like 50 rushing yards, but held Oklahoma, who had running backs DeMarco Murray and Chris Brown. Oh, my gosh. To only like 105 rushing yards, 106. Um. Mike, Michael Crabtree, your leading receiver, 12 receptions, 154 yards with a long of like 65 yards. Um, it, it, that win went for review and it ended up being a touchdown, nearly 13 yards per catch. Other guys that were catching balls for you, Danny Amendola, Eric Morris, and running back Aaron Crawford, who... Behind Crabtree was your second leading receiver with 11 receptions, 81 yards. A lot of screens going to Crawford that night. 
but also remember 2007, 2008, especially 2007 with, with Crabtree and his, his emergence was a lot of those tunnel screens from Crabtree coming from the outside in, getting behind the lineman and just basically let him find space. It's a punt return. And he was so good at it. Um, I lost my voice at this game, screaming, yelling. <laughs> I rushed the field at this game, at the end of this game. Um, as a student, it was a blast to do this as a freshman. My really one of my, my you know, first uh, impressions of Texas Tech football. Um, running onto the field because the students, you're on the, the visitor sideline, had to run through some Oklahoma players, which was interesting. Um, offensive linemen didn't do it on purpose, but didn't necessarily try to avoid me. And we collided shoulders and dude was much, much larger than I was. <laughs> and he was padded up, man. If he, he wasn't was, padded up, you'd, it'd have been fine. You'd, you'd have mowed him down. Yeah. That's all. He was not interested in moving out of my way. So heck of a game. Um, Texas Tech got out to a 34 to 10 lead early into the fourth or sorry, third quarter. And then in true Texas Tech fashion, held on for dear life. Oklahoma scored a field goal, 34-13. And then within the final eight minutes of the game, um, Oklahoma put up 14 more points to go from 34-13 to 34-27. They scored their last touchdown with 31 seconds to go, then kicked an onside kick that Texas Tech recovered to seal it. Oh, nice. Yeah, this one one was... um my friend got married. I was at a wedding during this game and I got to catch a little bit, a little bit of it in between the wedding and the reception. But this was, you know, obviously Oh seven. So unless you were physically in front of a TV, you weren't really, someone may have texted you the score or something. There wasn't a great way to watch it aside from just in front of the TV. Sure, and that was a heck of a win. It was. I believe this game was on ABC. Like it was like the Saturday night game. Um, Texas Tech upset the highest ranked opponent they ever had at that point, number three. Um, two thousand seven. Obviously, you go on two thousand eight to do what you did that year, built on your last regular season game. So you finish two thousand seven eight and four. Oklahoma goes on. I think they win their next game. They go 10 and two. Um, but from there you go to the Gator bowl, beat Virginia. And then 2008 is what it is. So, um, in terms of highlights, you definitely need to look up that, that crowd tree catch. Um, it's a thing of beauty. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. While, while you bring up your game. Okay, uh, mine, it's interesting. The, we just both chose the next ones on this list that we had made, but there's a lot of similarities between mine and yours. Um, my game that I picked is from 2002, Cliff Kingsbury's last game in Lubbock, where he took down the, the number four-ranked Texas Longhorns, which at that time, until they beat OU, the number four ranked Texas Longhorns was the, uh, the highest ranked team that tech had ever beaten. So that record was broken against OU, uh, five years later. 
but this one was one that I had just started my first semester at South Plains College, Go Texans. And I believe I was home for the weekend because I kind of remember watching this one at my parents' house. It was at 2.30 on a Saturday. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Anyway, Tech won this one. Most of you know this. They won at 42.38. Uh, Tech started out really slow. Uh, you know, they were down 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter, but then scored 21 in the second quarter to be tied at halftime. They were tied 28 in the third. And so it was just a neck and neck game the whole way before Tech finally uh, pushed away at the end. They scored their last touchdown with 557 left. Kingsbury had himself a day. This defense that came in, I think, was one of the top ranked defenses in the country, of course. But Kingsbury threw for 473 yards, six touchdowns, Mm. six TDs in one day. And, you know, this, this win really put tech on the map for that year. I think this was the one where, is this the one where Kingsbury was directing the band and all that kind of stuff? Cause that sounds about right. I, th- I think it was that one. Um, but yeah, his, they went ahead on 42 38 with a 25 yard pass from Kingsbury to Torian Henderson. Y'all remember Torian Henderson? Uh, w- w- a couple of great quotes from this write up was, um, from Leach, a man of, of so many words, gray words. And he, <laughs> he said, um, he said, uh, we need to get, um, we just need to do the same thing like we did today to be, to beat Oklahoma. And he says, quote, we need to get a lot of first downs make good punts and complete passes. Okay. So that's kind of how football goes. Make a lot of first downs, make good punts and complete passes. That was his, advice to his team for the next week's game against OU. Uh, but this, you know, this, what this did too. another similarity to the OU game was it completely derailed Texas's hopes of making the national title game. And so, um, they also, it also knocked them out of the big 12 title race. Whereas it kind of, you know, Tech ended up being in the Big 12 South title race because of this game. Uh, after this, they they ended up, I mean, I think they were 5-2, and two, and then they went into... They got a beaten in Norman. Of, they lost 60-15. to 15. And then that was the end of the season. But this is what's fun. Uh, you know, Tech finished this, the regular season eight and five. Nope. That's not right. How are they nine and five? They played 14 games? That can't be right. Was there like a like an FCS in there? Did they, like two FCS games? Let's look at it. Uh, no. What in the world? Anyway, it says they were nine and five for that year. That can't be right. They lost to Ohio State. They beat SMU. Beat Ole Miss. Lost so to North Carolina State. That game against Ohio State 
because I, it was so early in the season. It, it's actually marked as a pigskin classic. It may have been one of those specialty games. Okay, yeah, because it's August 24th, and in 02, that was really unheard of. Because they also played five non-conference, Ohio State, SMU, Ole Miss, NC State, and New Mexico that year. Yeah. Okay, that's got to be what it is. Okay, so they went into the bowl game, eight and five, and they played Clemson Mm -hmm. in the Tangerine Bowl in Florida. And not only did they play Clemson, but they beat the crap out of them, 55 to 15. Can you imagine if Texas Tech beat Clemson this year, 55 to 15? Well, Clemson's also this been, was 18 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> they've also been uh, competing for national titles in recent. Yeah. Fully aware. It's it's just it's just you know just to show that Clemson hasn't always been at the top of the mountain. You know they've they had to climb like a like everyone else does. Uh, but another interesting fact of this was Texas Tech was undefeated in Texas this year. In '02, they beat SMU. They also beat, of course, um, all the Big 12 Texas teams. So that includes A&M, Baylor, and Texas. Texas State champs. That's right. So this was this was a big game. Heck of a send-off for Kingsbury in Lubbock, um, only to be demolished in OU the following week. But still, <laughs> one of the few eight, nine-win seasons that um, – we've seen in the last 20 years yeah so that year they um they only lost one home game and it was against number 17 nc state and that game went to overtime they played one two three four five six seven ranked opponents ohio state at 13 nc state at 17 a&m at 23 iowa state at 11 colorado at 21 texas and oklahoma were both number four when tech played them I mean, and in these wins, because, you know, Leach was, was, this was Leach's first year, am I right? I think that was... 2002, no, it was his third. No, you're right, you're right. Uh, Kingsbury's first year as the starter was Leach's first year. That's, that's my bad, I think. Uh, but th- this offense was putting out, um, you know, they were getting into the 40s quite a bit. 42 against Ole Miss. They lost scoring 48 in that OT game you just mentioned against North Carolina State. Beat New Mexico 49 to nothing. Beat A&M in an OT game 48-47. In College Station. One point overtime. Which that might have been a good one to add to this list, but I kind of don't remember that one. The, um, let's see, played in Colorado of all things. But yeah, they, they had 52 against Missouri, 62 against Baylor, 49 against Oklahoma State, 42 against Texas, of course, and then 55 against Clemson. I mean, they when they decided to put out the points, they they were able to. Mm-hmm. So there's there's my game of the week. I like it. Um, so I did I did go back and I, I found a highlight video from my game. I dropped the Crowdtree catch I was talking about in the notes. So check that out. It was not a tunnel screen on that catch, but. It's a deep pass over the middle, and then he just makes defenders look stupid who try to track him down and tackle him. Nice. Well, at the, I wanted you to mention that before we go on to the, the scholarship read that we've been promoting the last mm-hmm. three or four episodes here. Uh, at the end of May, Armchair Media 
signed off on a year-long network sponsorship deal allowing the company to grow our podcast and video network into new local sports communities. Following the senseless murders of Armand Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hand of police officers, we want to ensure that what we do can make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having a, quote, unrealistic career path, or if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, or if you feared to express yourself or put your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college completely to pursue other avenues, or they didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who didn't have access to the financial means to even pay for college, which is very expensive. Um, this is why there are only three requirements for eligibility. You must be a black creative, you must be under the age of 21, and you need to submit a project to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. And by project, that can be anything from graphic design, writing, photography, audio, video, journalism, creative writing, anything that you uh, that is your desired creative medium, send a project to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com to be entered into this um, scholarship Oh, contest. I don't know if it's a contest. That's not the right word. Sorry. But um, also, if you want to fund a scholarship, email Andrew at armchairallamericans.com. Um, he will help you through that and love to add some money to the pot. So please, any applicants, email your project to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com and uh, best of luck. All right, let's wrap up with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, what did we learn? Okay, last last episode, I spared all of you with my Ozark Harry Potter update, but it's back. It's time. It's back this time, baby. Um, I'll start with Ozark first. I'm going to go spoiler-free, okay? Spoiler-free Ozark update. I am completely caught up. So you're through I season th three? I am through season three. I'm finished we may have to talk about all this stuff off, off pod, but good Lord, what a crazy season. What a crazy ending. If anyone watched this show, there's no way you can't get that last frame out of your head right before the credits started at the end of season three. Very insane way to end things. Uh... Anyway, I, I don't know how to talk about it more without getting into spoilers, and I said I wouldn't, so I'm going to stop right there. It just, Do you have anything to add to your Ozark thoughts now that I'm like, <laughs> I'm like two or three months behind you? It, it just feels like it very, well, I wouldn't say similar, but there are similar themes to Breaking Bad where they, as they look for potential ways out of their predicament, they somehow get themselves deeper and more involved. Yes. And 
another similarity is sometimes they're not looking for ways out and are purposefully looking for ways in because they kind of like it. And then they realize, oh, oh boy. Maybe oh I boy. Have done that. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. What, there what are did some, I just do? There are some really big consequences for these actions that we are taking here. So I'm, I'm on board with it. I'll keep watching it. It's fine. It's okay. There's, there's still no one on the show. I like that's not one of the children that much. Okay. So okay. especially in this, this last season, like I grew so weary of the wife. Oh, she was okay. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil too. Okay. It, she was overly ambitious. I will say that. And it was, it was freaking me out. I was scared. Just, I mean, I, I'm, what I'm going to say is not giving away, but like, because they were just going in different directions and it felt like they had two different goals. Yes. Like, Wendy, you're Wendy supposed to be and, working together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wendy and Marty were not on the same page no. for the majority of that season. And that was one of the interesting aspects of it too was that they had different ambitions and different goals. And then the clashes that that, you know, brought up and uh, the consequences, those ambitions and goals are like thereof had. Oh, it's a, it's an interesting show. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep on it. Now I'm going to start Yellowstone. I haven't started it yet, but I'm going to. I, I, I think I was in, in season two or finished season two and I hadn't, I haven't, kept up with that one it's, it's been interesting but i've not kept up with that with as much um harry potter though have you finished yeah. reading the series no i have um i think the last time i visited this subject i had finished reading the f six of the seven books and then since then i have finished watching six of the eight movies nice so where I'm at right now is I'm going to finish the last book, which I just started this week, and then I'm going to watch the last two movies. So I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting there, especially if football season's maybe actually going to happen. I really need to knock this out before football starts. So that's, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, so reminder of how we're doing it. Samantha's been listening to the books, the audio books, and then we will watch the movie. Um, she just finished book five, which is the largest book. Um, Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. That's right. And then we will watch that movie probably this weekend. And she will, she'll start listening to book six. Half Blood yeah, Prince. I will have to, um, I think the way I was very proud of the way I watched the first six movies, I DVR'd them all on Hulu and then I signed up for the free enhanced DVR for a month so that I could then fast forward through these ridiculous four hour recordings of Harry Potter because sci-fi shows commercials like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> the, so I was able to fast forward yeah. through them all, which was great for free. And I got to watch them all for free. So I, the last two, I think I'm either going to hit up, hit up my podcast partner here and see mm -hmm. if he'll let me borrow some Blu-rays. Or I'll burn my HBO Max free trial. Like I said, I've, I've, I've made the offer. Offer still stands. We have the Blu-ray set. 
I think I may take you up on that because what I've done with the movies, I haven't, I wouldn't just sit and watch one all the way through. I would watch one in one, maybe two sittings or something just to try to squeeze it in. But I think for the, for the Deathly Hallows one and two, I may just like sit and watch both of them all at once back together. I feel like that's how I'm going to have to consume it after I'm done with the book. I'm just going to just knock them all out. That's going to be like a seven hour movie experience. I I can do it. I can do it. I can hydrate. I can be ready. Okay. Maybe I'll have to do it two, two days back to back, but still it would be a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you overhydrate though, you'll be getting up a lot going to the bathroom. That's also a problem. So beware of the overhydration. Um, so, like I said, along with that, we, we've, we're trucking along in our, our Harry Potter experience as well. I'll spare you guys a, a full going yard update, but uh, with the rains we've had and the increase, slight increase in watering, my lawn has recovered from the 110 degree week that we had. Looks great. Water bill did not look great last week. <laughs> <laughs> which it's the price of perfection, my friend, which then said, you know what? It's time to cut back on the extra watering we were doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so fescue's trucking along. Um, I guess we'll start looking out for some schedule updates from football. Now that we have a, a general idea, uh, when, when I did go through the, um, Big 12 schedule, the nine plus one format. I'd say that I don't know when they're going to start. It looks like they'll be starting uh, in about a month, either the 6th or the 13th. It's in the the story, the link that we're, we're putting in the notes on staking the planes, um, not the 6th. Well, was, no, and I was actually at their, I was at the official Texas Tech football schedule. The 19th or, or 26th. That's what President Skuvenik said. So okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll look forward to that. We'll we'll do our opponent previews. Um, majority will be conference opponents, not a problem. And then we'll get into uh, the one non-conference. But um, yeah, we'll we'll be looking out for that schedule. Keep everybody updated as that's coming out. Um. But I think that'll do it for us this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.